Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access Access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers so you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Doc, why don't you talk to me about your journey in adding GovCon to your business model? Because I know we talked about this right after COVID hit and you were wanting to add government contracting to your business model. So why don't you talk to me a little bit about that, kind of what got you into that and in your journey so far? Yeah. So, you know, COVID hit, um, people stopped hiring. So that piece of our business went away, that revenue stream, DOD and POTUS, President of the United States, put a travel ban. Uh, so we weren't trapped. I mean, the day after the president announced it, man, I was supposed to go to Ramstein Air Base in Germany and give a talk to the base command leadership in the auditorium and then teach a class for a week. But so all that stuff instantly froze and, you know, evaporated. So what do you do when you find yourself 70% of your revenue down? So the team stepped up and we all started brainstorming. And I, I realized, hey, man, I've got time on a pond. I'm in the GovCon space with you and Josh and Jenny Clark of Solvability and the GovCon Summit and all that stuff. But I do general business, Mike. I mean, I'm a business guy, right? Not necessarily a GovCon expert. But however, way back in the day when I was at DOD doing civil service, I was a contracting officer representative on a couple IT projects. It's where I cut my project management chops. And so I realized I also did an internship as a, a vendor pay guy. So I realized, hey man, I know how to, I know the vendor pay side of the house. I know what it's like to be the receiving official on the, you know, the government contracting team, um, the acquisition team as they call it in the in the literature. So, you know, I bet I could bring some of our commercial success to government agencies in the GovCon space. Um, but that's about where the realization stopped. So, you know, uh, signed up with federal access through you guys are RSM Federal and, you know, started tapping Ginny. And uh, anyway, so that's how we got started. So we're diversifying our revenue by adding a GovCon stream. So I get that you're adding it, but the you're not getting rid of the other stuff, right? You're still keeping the other revenue streams. Right, 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 right. And in fact, you know, we're, we're chasing corporate America's business. We're doing that certification. So yeah, I sure as heck would never be the guy to suggest that GovCon is everything. Because I got to tell you, Mike, as a small startup trying to do GovCon, I mean, you know, the, the this is probably 
probably one of the most painful fundamental lessons learned that somebody could learn is, hey man, there's a reason that that major companies have staffs and Rolodex is, you know, 50 pounds heavy and four inches thick on how to do business development. There's a reason there's an entire profession called business development. I mean, when right. you say that, it doesn't mean sales guy. It means salesperson doing, you know, federal contract business opportunity development stuff. So it, the, the whole point is it takes a lot of time, effort, money, and resources. So it's almost like unless you want to do it the most time intensive, labor intensive, dollar intensive way you can figure it out, Mike, get a coach, read some code right. on books, right. get access to, you know, federal access online, like go get templates. When somebody says, hey, develop a capability statement, don't, you know, don't, don't try and Google that stuff, man. Go get, you know, Josh, a prime example with Josh is, you know, hey, uh, uh, do a, a concept map so you can bring in, hey, we do this like everybody else, but here's the thing we do in addition to that that makes us different. Right. That one trick in our marketing, I mean, you know, we've landed multiple small companies now helping us, you know, staff their projects. So we, we've generated business. Um, we have landed a major, you know, small business administration mentor partner. I mean, when people realize you know what you're talking about and you're using the right language, it's easy to have a conversation that everybody mm -hmm. understands and identify objectives and clarity and whatever. So yeah, man, we, we didn't, it, it's not a substitute for any of our revenue streams. It's an augmentation. It's an additional revenue stream to the portfolio. Yeah. You know, th this is right out of the chapter for becoming a GovCon e expert where Doc talks about revenue diversity through government contracting. And if people don't know, I'm the, the chief editor on the book. And when I was going through this, the thing that jumped out at me is all the revenue streams you have in addition to GovCon. I think there's like 10, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then you and then you have GovCon back on there. And the I think when I talk to government contractors a lot, the the thing that I see is they get into GovCon and that's it. So if like if they're new into GovCon, a lot of times that's the only revenue the stream they have. If they've been in or if they're new to business, right? They launch a business and it's solely GovCon. Then I talk to people that are getting into GovCon that have a commercial business and they're like, well, we're trying to make the switch. And I'm like, why are you trying to dump all the revenue opportunity that you have in the commercial space? Or the, or the people that are getting into GovCon, I'm like, do you know how long this is going to take? It takes the average company three, six, nine, 12 months to get into GovCon, but you can go sign a commercial client in two days, you know, or, or something like that. You know, why dump everything in it? So I like the approach of diversifying through GovCon, not building a practice that's solely built on GovCon. You know, that that's, that's a, a big part of what I got out of what you were doing is here's this guy who has such a GovCon background from, you know, being in the contracting world and the military and all that, but yet your business is not solely based on the GovCon space. And so I, I like that model that you have as opposed to the traditional GovCon contractor who only wants government contracts. Well, you know, and the reality too is, again, man, I'm a business guy, right? And I started out, I started life as a welder, Mike. So, you know, I think about everything. I either I either overanalyze everything or underanalyze everything, oversimplify everything. So here's an example. Dude, I'm a welder. I take two pieces of metal. I identify the piece yeah. of metal, identify what I'm going to stick them together with. I read the blueprint, I stick them together and uh, run a nice bead, bang, right? Ship, done, welding, right? So my whole point is business. What's the what's the goal? Generate revenue in a manner that is consistent and benefits all stakeholders. So it doesn't wreck the society. It doesn't wreck mm, the right. uh, environment. It doesn't, you know what I mean? It's But but you're making a buck, providing people the goods and services they want. That's business right, right there, right? So if you do it 
that way, then all of the other stuff you get lost in like, is it GovCon? Am I dumping this? Am I dumping that? Am I not dumping this? No. What do I do? Focus on that prize and then figure out how to leverage what you do over here commercially, maybe with the government space or this other space. Because the reality is, bro, government contracting is like, I love baseball. So here's the analogy. It's like standing at the plate and every time you swing, bro, you're going for the back fence center field, like 400 right, right. feet away, right? Like right. if you dollar cost average that out, most cats doing government contracts contracting man oh you got a 47 million dollar contract what a boy what a job man a boy yeah but it took me nine years to get it and it took me nine and a half million dollars and selling a third of my company to be able to let last long enough to get there so you know doing some commercial business <laughs> to like create some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and keep gas in the fleet of vehicles and stuff along your way to knocking down a government contract every couple years is a really in my opinion a really simple fundamental way to go to make sure that you stay in business yeah no I, I like that approach and like i said that that jumped off you know to me because like when we all came together you know the the six of us and we're talking about our chapters and in my mind i was thinking about certain things that you were going to talk about in your chapter and then when i saw all the revenue streams like more people need to see this they need to see this and understand this and to your point be just general business like understand i i, I have a business i'm trying to create revenue more importantly you're trying to create profit because that that's where i think the challenge comes in govcon where people see the $47 million contract and they go, $47 million? Man, you know what I could buy with $47 million? I'm like, oh, hold up, buddy. First of all, <laughs> on, on the $47 million contract that you're a sub on, you know, you're not going to see $47 million. Then you start to break it down and the labor and all the things. And like, you know, this is not, you know, the gold mine you thought it was. It's nice. I, I, and I, and I want to say this now, you know, I'm not trying to knock the government contracting world, but it's only part of your world. It's only part. It's, it's not the whole thing. And that's, that's the thing for me. I approach, this is just business and this is just who we happen to sell to and work with and that kind of stuff. It's a great market and it does add a lot of stability in a lot of ways, but it's not the end all be all. So I, I like that approach that you have in that mentality of, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and put gas in the cars and, you know, it, it keep things going. And this is one of the ways we do that, not the end all be all, if you will. Yeah. So. But you got to stay, you know, speaking of baseball, you got to stay in your wheelhouse though, too, bro. You got to know what pitches you're strong with and which ones you're not. So for example, mm. you know, we add 10, 12, you know, revenue streams during COVID, right? Trying to figure out how to keep the lights on and the doors open, but they were all all still in our core business. What's our core business? Well, every day I wake up, it's to help a military veteran achieve a meaningful, lucrative career, whether that's for themselves in their own companies doing GovCon or whatever else, or in somebody else's company. So mm. that's my core business. Okay, so what is my company's and my nonprofit's core business? Well, helping me veterans achieve meaningful, lucrative yeah, careers and exactly. businesses, right? So um, my whole point is, for example, one of the new revenue streams is we decided, my COO, retired Air Force Chief said, hey, Doc, you know, bro, when you walk around and talk about, hey, you know, veterans deserve meaningful, lucrative post-service is like, you know, that's probably not just the purview of a veteran. Don't you think everybody mail, uh, you know, showing up every day at work and, and punching it in and like, and like bringing their game. Don't, don't you think they want a meaningful lucrative career? And I'm like, gee, that's a good point. So we created Mike, we created the civilian version of our same great training products and services that we sell to veterans. We just took out the salty language and the mm. sea stories and we made it more civilian digestible. And you can now go get the same high-speed training, same high-speed pass rates you can get, but it's civilian 
Americanized so that it's familiar to you too, because mm -hmm. we're all civilians in the civilian world now, right? Mm -hmm. We're veterans in a civilian world. So we know how to talk both languages now. So anyway, that's an example of it's, yes, it's another revenue stream. Yes, it's diversifying our portfolio, but you're not diversifying your, your core business and your core competencies. You know what you do, you're doing that. You're just figuring out how to market to different sectors. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And you know, it, it's, it's funny that we go down this road for a minute here. You know, I talk to dozens of people every single month. People call up and they're just getting into GovCon and all this. And hey, would you take a look at my website? And I cannot tell you how many times, and if you're listening to this and you're one of the people, it's okay. We probably had a conversation about this. I cannot tell you how many times I will see services that start at janitorial and end at cybersecurity. <laughs> and and I'm just, and, and you can't make this, and people think, oh, well, that's just the, you know, the anecdotal story he tells. No, no. I have talked to at least six people in the last month that had janitorial and cybersecurity on their capability statement when I started talking to them. And I'm not knocking you. It's just one of those things of you don't have to chase everything and you, and more importantly, you shouldn't, right? Like what Doc is talking about here is not chasing things that aren't in your wheelhouse. Because people are like, well, I can do janitorial. I can do cybersecurity. I can do lawn maintenance. I can, I can do welding. I can do that. Well, I can do a lot of things, but I shouldn't. <laughs> You know, that's, right. that's the point. It's like, I shouldn't do all those things. So I, I really love the advice of sticking with your wheelhouse because here, here's the, the transition here is, as we start to kind of wind down this episode here. It, w again, when I looked at how many revenue streams you were, you were adding to your business you know, post COVID, or I guess we're still in COVID, right? But co yeah. post initial COVID uh, jolt to the system for everybody, you know, you added like 10 revenue streams to your business. Talk to me about the mindset that it takes to do that. Because I think the average person has a struggle with one business model or one revenue stream. And the thought of adding one more usually sends them into panic mode. And you, I, I watched the journey. I was talking to you while you were going through this journey. And I don't know what kind of chaos was on the back end, but I watched you go through this and I'm like, dude, we're adding this and bro, we're adding that. And I was like, go get them doc. You know, you're just, you're just tearing it up. So talk, talk to me about the mindset that even allows you to go and launch this. Well, I, you know, so mindset is, um, again, man, stick with the fundamentals and stick with your doctrine. So, you know, we talk about doctrine in military uniform. Civilians have the civilian workforce. The CIVDIV has a doctrine too. Here's what we value. Here's what we believe. Here's how we behave. Here's how we execute on the mission. Here's our decision-making criteria, whatever. I've written a couple articles on this whole thing on how doctrine translates into the civilian workforce. Uh, in fact, it's at our civilian revenue stream platform, PDU University. But to your, to your specific um, question is, so stay core know what your core is. So there's the first homework you got to do. You got to take 15 minutes in your favorite adult libation, sit down and have a real good deep conversation with yourself about, hey, what do I do? What does my company do? Stay in that lane, stay in that wheelhouse, know what pitches you like to swing at and then swing at those hard. Additionally, you know, you got to run it through your filter. So for example, hey, is this new line of business going to help us help a veteran achieve a meaningful, lucrative post-service career? Yes or no? If the answer is not a resounding yes, then we're not even going to continue the conversation. We're busy and we're trying to keep the lights on and doors open. Okay, cool. We passed the first stage gate. How is it going to help us do that? How's it going to help the vet? We got to clearly articulate the outcomes. I mean, this is a process, Mike. Add revenue stream. Process. Bang. Right? So we 
just think our way through it, it meets these three, four, five criteria. We run it down through. Once we're at the bottom, we're like, okay, funds are really tight. Revenue's really low. If we're going to spend this money, that means less peanut butter jelly sandwiches and less gas in the tank, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How much of those do we want to sacrifice and how fast will we get it back? So, you know, on the other end, not to be so like manic or stressed out about your numbers, but, and you say this all the time, Mike, you better figure out what your X's and O's are. You better figure out what contributes to your business. How do you generate revenue? How do you turn that into profit? How do you turn that profit on your income statement? How do you turn that into cash and retained earnings on your balance sheet? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, somebody call Mike and get some coaching help because like, you got to know the fundamental stuff so that you can say, okay, if we're going to do this, what dials should we turn to what outcome? And if they don't achieve that, when will we know to stop because we don't have time to bleed out time, effort, money, resources. Mm -hmm. And that kind of agile mentality, very, so we were, you know, very a myriad of stuff we were considering going in the top of the funnel. Coming out the bottom of the funnel, though, the stuff we decided to start shooting at and expending, you know, very scarce ammo on, brother, we knew we could hit it and we knew we could hit it center mass and we knew we could get maximum impact from what we were hitting it with. So it's, you know, thank God it's all kind of worked out. And, and you know, some of the business lines we added weren't as robust as we thought, or some of them are doing better than we thought, but they're all kind of taking a wee bit of pressure off of each other one so mm. that in general, we're still maintaining pre-COVID except for two or three months, bro. In this entire stretch, this thing was like supposed to be over three months ago, the pundit said. Right, but right. other than that, bro, I mean, we have had a couple months over pre-revenue, pre-COVID revenue. We've had a couple months at it and we've had two uh, months, I think, under it. So when you average all that out, bro, lights are still on, doors are still open. My folks are still employed. We're still serving our customers. Uh, I, you know, I mean, hey man, <laughs> thank God and great business plan and and know your know your core, man. Yeah, no, that, that, that's great advice. And in fact, one of the, the the last questions I was going to ask you was about having to, or how do you look at this new, great, bright, shiny object idea and disqualify it? You know, you answered that one uh, about having your filters and all that. And then how do you look at one that makes it through the filters and decide that, yes, we can take this on now. And I think you answered that too, about just looking at how it makes money or it doesn't and, and those types of questions to be asked. Because again, I think entrepreneurs tend to be very pie in the sky and, and everything's going to work out out. We don't know when, we don't know how, but we're just, we know it's going to work out. And I've been around long enough to see that new ideas often take months, if not years to work. You know, it just depends on the idea. depends on how big your network is. You know, what, what foundation are you playing with? If you're playing with, you know, the, a dirt foundation with nothing built on it, it's going to take a lot longer than the guy who already has a really good, strong foundation, a really long platform, a really large platform and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, kudos to you guys, your whole team for seeing what was coming on with COVID and saying, Saying, you know what, we're going to go add more revenue streams instead of just dying. I do think that takes a, a different mindset because I have seen so many people just say, well, nothing we can do about it. Just nothing we can do about it. So I, I think it takes a special mindset. You mentioned hey, coming to me for coaching. I want to tell people on here, come to Doc for coaching. You know, go, you know, reach out, <laughs> whether you reach out to me and I connect you with Doc or however you do it. Doc is one of our coaches through our system. He can coach you on the GovCon side. He can co coach you on the business side, whatever it is the the fundamentals that you talk about around basic business are the core that are going to help any govcon business in fact i i the, a lot of our clients right now i keep telling them everybody i talk to needs more on the foundational side than the govcon side so it's nice to have a coach that is govcon specific but can coach you in all the fundamentals and that's yeah. you know definitely what doc can help you with that but also check out all, all the other stuff that doc and his team are doing especially if you're in the project management space doc you know this every time i i talk to a new 
new client and they are in the project management world, I'm like, you've got to know Doc. Whether you're using them for services or using them as a teaming partner or something, you've got to know Doc. Uh, you know, it's, it's a connection you got to make. And so, so thanks for all of this advice today. Is there any like far, final thought you have uh, on this topic? No, I, I would just say, you know, the watchword uh, one, I've distilled my life's work down to one word. And this is not only helping, you know, tens of thousands of veterans, but this is now I've been in the space five years, serial founder, couple, you know, uh, successful multimillion dollar companies, uh, a successful nonprofit. And what I've really distilled it all down to Michael is fluency, mm. right? It's fluent in business. If you don't know what a PNL is, if you don't know what fiduciary responsibility is, some basic terms in business, you know, your lenders, your distributors, your suppliers, your government contracting officials, your KOs. I mean, they're, they, they expect you to know this stuff. You say, yeah, I'm a business guy. I'm a yeah. business gal. They expect you to know what that means. And if they're asking you questions or they're having conversations with you and they realize you don't know what they're talking about or your answers are like not what they said. I mean, the interviews were over there, right there, brother, regardless of what your capabilities are, regardless right. of what your nags right. are, like that conversation's over. Like, they, you know, you meet business owners. Hey, what do you do? Uh, well, it's kind of complicated. And then you go, okay, <laughs> never mind. I got it. And then you go, okay, yeah. do you do any, are, are you any good at? Well, I don't, what was your revenue? Uh, what was your profit margin? Uh, do you have any cash on your balance sheet? You know what about, oh, you don't know what a balance sheet is. Never mind, bro. It's a hobby. Got it. Yeah, Let's go exactly. have a soda. You know what I mean? Like the coaching <laughs> conversation, you either need a coaching engagement with me or you need something else because you're doing a hobby right now. And that's okay. That's okay. Not everybody wants to be a $50 million a year company, but get fluent in business. It'll help your business. It'll help you be less stressed. Yeah. Yeah. No, good final thoughts there. I really appreciate that. I always tell people, do you want a lifestyle business or do you want a business business? Like which, which one are you trying to build? And both are okay, but you've yeah. got to make up your mind. You got to make up your mind and pick a direction. So good stuff, Doc. Thanks for it. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash game changers.